Psalm 126, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, the authorized there says, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion. One of my favorite expressions, and I've preached on it for 30 years, is our God's the God of the turnaround. He's the God of the turnaround. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Our tongues with songs of joy. And it was said among the nations, the Lord's done great things for that bunch of people. Look at them. Look what God is doing for those people. You know what? It's really clear in the Bible, God resists the proud. He resists the proud. So we've got to always make sure that anything we do is not from a spirit of arrogance or pride. But, you know, people have completely got arrogance and confidence confused. It's so important to be confident. I know who I am. I know who I am. It's not pride. It's confidence. And no wonder it says in verse 3 there, the Lord's done great things for us. You know what? God wants us to show off his glory, show off his goodness, show off his power. There was Peter and John at the, at the gates and they were going up at the hour of prayer to pray. And somebody was there and was lame. See, Peter and John didn't say, look to Jesus. They said, look at us. Look at us. Give me your attention right now, is what they said. Look at us. And then they said something that, that, you know, religion has a hard time with. Oh, no. Jesus is the healer. Well, we know that. Of course he is. But he said, you go and heal the sick. You go and heal the sick. There's not one time in the whole of the New Testament where somebody prays a prayer and says, Lord, will you heal this person? Not one. What you do find is that which I have, I give. I give. Healing is not a prayer, it's a gift. Did you get that today? Healing is not a prayer. We have reduced it to a prayer. And I'm not saying it's wrong to pray. Because you put everything into the armory. But healing is something you give. And when you know the Lord has done great things for you, then you know you've got great things to give. Amen? You know you've got great things to give. That's not arrogance. That's it's no longer I who live, but Christ in me. You see, we've got to put all of this together. If it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, then I can go and heal the sick. Because it's no longer I who live, it's Christ in me. So as I go heal the sick, it's Christ healing the sick. But isn't it great that the world here is saying, look at that group of people. They've got something going on. 
See, false humility is that, oh, no, don't look at me. Oh, no, oh, no, put your eyes on Jesus. No, you're the only Jesus the world's ever going to see. Amen? Until they come to Christ. You can't say to someone who doesn't know Jesus, look at Jesus, because they don't believe in him. And you can only see Jesus when you believe in him or as a direct result of a divine intervention, which is out of our hands. But what is in our hands is to present Jesus, is to present his love, is to speak his words and to show off the goodness of God. Show it off. Not show off ourselves, because it's no longer I who live but Christ in me. This is like people who say, oh, you know what, Pastor, I don't want to dance in the flesh. I want to dance in the spirit. And I, oh. Some people are just too deep for their own good, aren't they? You can only dance in the flesh. It takes flesh to dance. So where's your flesh submitted? <laughs> Every time you dance, it's going to be in the flesh. Oh, I don't want to do anything in the flesh. Ah, oh, no, okay. Well, stop eating then. <laughs> stop doing anything. Because we, now we may not be led by the flesh and walk in the flesh, which is really, where's the generator for your life? Where's the engine for your life? Well, the engine room is the spirit, but the spirit on its own is actually a dead human being. It's just a spirit out there in a dead body. But when the spirit is in your body, which is who we are in Christ, then your flesh is supposed to do what's coming out of the heart. So you speak out from your heart. You pray from your heart. You move mountains from your heart. You rejoice from your heart. But everything works through the flesh. And the flesh is, is, is supposed to be subject to the spirit, and from that place, shows off. Shows off the goodness of God. Shows off the joy that we have in him. It shows off the faith that we have in him. <clears throat> and it results in a testimony. Look at that group of people. They're different. They speak differently. They act differently. They talk differently. They live differently. They do marriage differently. They raise their kids differently. See, some Christians get upset because they think they're different to the world. I thank God I'm different to the world. I thank God we raised our kids differently than kids are raised outside of Christ. I thank God that we do marriage differently than, we, than people do it outside of God. Why? Because... It's only in Christ that you've got something to, to live from. That you've got his wisdom, that you've got his direction, you've got his spirit, you've got his joy. And the best, the best life manual is the word of God. It's got everything in it. It's got everything in it. Everything from all the, the power and the signs and the wonders through to just how to think straight. And how to react when somebody hurts you. And how to love when someone's unlovable. It's all in there. How to overcome. And I use that word because it's Bible. I'd normally say get over, but people don't like that. 
because it speaks of oh, just you know something superficial. That's not what I'm saying. If you get over something, then you've overcome it. And we've got to be overcoming stuff that the enemy says you've got to keep. Ah, oh, but it was a really serious, Pastor Jay. Yeah, no matter how serious it was, we can overcome all things in Christ. Overcome everything. See, people tend to feel really guilty sometimes to let go of things that were serious because they think they haven't done it justice. Ah, but it was so serious, I need to keep it. No, we got to overcome stuff. And we can overcome because the Word of God says we can overcome. We can overcome things that have been said, things that have been done. Because what the enemy wants to do is steal and destroy your dreams. And everything that the enemy does, which is to steal, kill, and to destroy, is there to steal away the life we have in God in order that we don't see God's will come to pass in our lives. So today I want to talk about dreams. The power of dreams. The Lord has done great things for us. Don't apologize for it. We're filled with joy because God's done great things for us. <laughs> so do it again, Lord. Restore our fortunes. Do it again. You turn captivity back then. Do it again. Like streams in the desert. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. This crying season is not going to last forever. <laughs> Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves of harvest with them. God will do it again. We've looked at the fact that God is the God of doing it again. We looked last week at the fact that God has brought us out of captivity. So we've got something to identify with. Don't identify with what people say we are, unless they agree with the Word of God, but identify with who we are in Christ. Because that is the starting place for life. That's the starting place for victory. That's the starting place for healing. See, if you know who you are in Christ, you know you're already healed. If you don't know who you are in Christ, then you're trying to get healed. But if you know who you are in Christ, I'm already healed. Now, flesh, you just got to catch up with what I already am. If you know who you are in Christ, you know you're already filled with joy. So, come on, emotions, you got to catch up with what I've already got. Identity is so vital. I mean, there's a lot going on about this in the world today, about identity, and people are confusing it all over the place. The Word of God is very, very clear about identity. So we looked at God has brought us out of captivity, but today I want to talk about fulfilled dreams release joy and laughter. Fulfilled dreams release joy and laughter. That's what Psalm 146 is about. We were like those who dreamed and we started laughing and we started singing and we started singing and we started laughing and then we sang again. Songs of joy, songs of joy, songs of joy. 
You know what? I, I think I give Ben and the team a hard time sometimes. Come on, I want happy songs. Happy songs. Now, we are, we're, we've always been known as a church to sing anthems. Anthems about how great our God is. Anthems of the great hallelujah. Anthems of the name of Jesus Christ. And it, it's, it's actually quite hard today to find happy, praise, joyful songs. It's just hard. It, it's as if people, you know, have lost the, the gift of writing them. It's not just a style thing, but I want to dance to some stuff. Amen? Now, I know I can only do the Holy Ghost two-step. I know. I know that's all I can do. Because I'm not going to, you know, do the tango for Jesus. That's not happening. Do the waltz for the Holy Ghost. I can do that. I can do that. Never get the chance. At the heart of our joy and laughter is fulfilled dreams. Fulfilled dreams. Dreaming is so important. So important. I don't know about you. When you were a kid, did you have any dreams? Things you wanted to do? Things you wanted to to be? God puts desires in your heart. And desires are God-given. Now, I know not all of them are God-given, and we've got to try to work out which ones are God and which ones are just us. But can I just say, even the ones that are just us, God wants to fulfill if they're in, in line with his word. Don't be so religious that God doesn't, you know, you think God doesn't want you to have a great time. He wants this life to be the best thing. See, we get into this, this wrong religious thinking, oh, this life's just hard work to train us, to train us to be strong. One day it's all going to be worth it. No, I find that our life is full of joy, full of peace and patience. Yeah, we face stuff, but we face it with joy and we face it with faith and we face it, we face it with the Word of God and the will of God. God wants you to have the time of your life. God makes rich and adds no sorrow. See, these words are true from the Bible. Now, we know it's not just a walk in the park. But fundamentally, when you give your life to Christ, we have the abundant life of God in relationship with God, and that's a good thing. Fulfilled dreams release joy and laughter. But to have fulfilled dreams, you've got to first have dreams. Dreams to fulfill. I've heard this said so many times. Our lives move in the direction of our most predominant thoughts. Well, let that be from the dreams that God puts on the inside. That your life, if your life moves, and it does, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You think in your heart and your brain catches up. Now, sometimes your brain wants to upset what your heart's doing. 
So that's when you've got to take captive thoughts and pull down strongholds and everything else. The strongholds that it talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 are not strongholds over cities, even though we understand there's a realm of the Spirit. There is a war in the Spirit. That, you know, but don't take some of the Scriptures that we use for that and apply it to that because sometimes it's wrong. Let's take Ephesians 6 about principalities and powers and, and fighting hand-to-hand combat with the realm of the Spirit. Let's, let's understand that's where the battle is, but let's also understand that there's a war in the mind. Why? Because when we have dreams in the heart, the enemy wants to put in thought bombs in order to divert us, distract us from the dreams that God's put in our heart. God wants us to dream and dream big. We know he does far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. And the amplified version there says a load of great things. But it says above your dreams. He'll do above your dreams, but I want to dream big. Because nothing's too big for our God. Nothing's impossible for my Jesus. Nothing is too hard for him. But what happens is you go through life a little bit by little bit. It's like death with a thousand cuts. You're dreaming and a bit of frustration, dreaming a little bit of discouragement, dreaming a little bit more frustration, discouragement, a little bit of distraction. Then kids come along and you shelve your dreams and then sort of the kids grow up and then you try to bring your dreams back and they've sort of, it's a bit like, I don't know, um, uh, what is it? Uh, 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 stuff that dissolves, half-life. It's sort of gone. Dreams disintegrated, being left on the shelf. You've got to keep your dreams alive. You've got to feed your dreams. Feed them with the Word of God. When God speaks, He paints pictures. He paints pictures either from the written Word of God. When you read the Bible, let it paint a picture. Words paint pictures. So let it paint a picture. When you read, by His stripes you were healed... Make sure it paints a picture of a healed body. Ah, oh, you're just talking new age mind over matter. When are we going to realize that the word of God is true and everything else tries to copy it? Everything else tries to copy it. God said to Abram, get out your tent. Lift your head. Look at the stars. And remember the stars. And every time you see the stars, you're going to remember how many kids I want you to have. I use that all the time. i got things on my screensaver. I don't just have, have a nice day. I, you know, I have different things on there depending on what I want to feed myself. Images, pictures. Because pictures are thousands of words. Whether it's buildings we're going for, whether it's things we want to, you know, I can remember back in the, oh, in, in, the, in the 80s, late 80s, I had a picture. This is before we had internet, really. And I remember I had this, this incredible, like a double page spread out of a Christian article. And it was, it was a crusade in Africa, actually. And there were people as far as you could see. As far as you could see, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. It was a sea of people at a Christian event. And I can remember it so impacted me, I, you know, I cut it out or I pulled it out and I stuck it on my wall because I thought, that's what I want to see. I want that 
to be what gives me my plumb line. Now, I know I could go to the Bible, but I wanted a picture. Pictures are important. So important. I can remember in 1991, I had the opportunity to go over to Fort Worth to a pastor's conference there. And um, at the time, it was only an American sort of thing, but we were invited. It was, it, it was the Kenneth Copeland Pastors Conference, and we were the first guys from over this, this part of the world, this side of the pond, to be invited, so we went over. And I can remember, I went onto that property, over a 1,000 acres, over a 1,000 acres with its own airport. And I thought, dear God, the whole of the church world in on our side of the pond, needs to come and see stuff like this. Now, we, you can't find a 1,000 acres in the United Kingdom. I understand that. Yeah? But don't let it squash your dream. And I can remember as I, you know, I went in, there was red oak all over the floors. And I thought, awesome. Stone walls. You see, we... It's awesome when it's historic and we think, oh, look at the cathedrals. But when somebody, you know, does it today, they think, oh, they must be stealing out the offering. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. And I can remember I walked in and I, I asked to go over. I wanted to see everything because I wanted a spirit of excellence to grip me like I've never seen it before. The time we were going to do, you may think, where on earth are you going with this, Pastor Jay? Well, at the time we were doing up our property here, I spent a day going around all the best hotels in London. Not all of them, because there's probably a lot of them. And I went through hotel to hotel to hotel. And I went through, and I, here we go again. I went in all of their toilets. <laughs> I, went all, I went in all of their, you know, their entry lobbies. Why? Because I wanted a picture that I hadn't seen before. I've been in hotels before, but, you know, I was thinking, okay, what do we do? How do we do this up? Because so often when you're surrounded by your own picture, you become your own plumb line. When all you see is your own marriage, that becomes, oh, well, we got a good marriage. Well, let's have a look at one in the Bible. Amen. I can remember the first time I went on a marriage course. We didn't need to go on a marriage course, but we needed to go on a marriage course. We didn't need. See, what's your plumb line? What's your plumb line? Oh, no, I haven't got a problem, Pastor Jay. Well, hang on a minute. Who says that, that you know, feeding ourselves has to do with trying to find a problem? Let's just get better. Let's just get better. I don't need a parenting course. My kids are okay. How do you know? Well, I'm comparing them to the world. Bad idea. There's always better in the kingdom of God. God wants to put dreams in your spirit so he can fulfill them so there can be greater joy and laughter. Amen? I'm out of time. Ecclesiastes 5.3, the dream comes through much activity. 
spiritual activity, emotional activity, faith activity, prayer activity, financial activity. A dream comes to pass through much activity. Sometimes to dare to dream is so difficult because we've been, we failed in the past or we've been frustrated or disappointed. Well, it's time to get the pictures going again. Time to get the pictures going again. If you just live in eternal debt, well, it's time to see cleared bank balances. Amen? Does something. We've just done a financial freedom course in the church. Well, I didn't do it. Art and Tom did it. Fantastic. See, there's the big overarching dreams and then there's the quick wins. The big overarching dreams, absolutely awesome. We, we're going to have a dream wall in January again that we've got there. And come on, let's have some outrageous dreams. Outrageous dreams. Oh, that can never happen. That's the sort of thing I'm talking about. Well, that's impossible. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. Who says that can't be done? Well, only your enemy. Well, the enemy said he had me, but Jesus said I'm his. Amen. Dream again. See, COVID seems to have shelved a lot of people's dreams. Dream again. Our dreams are not subject to a pandemic. Our dreams are not subject to an economy. Our dreams are not subject to a salary. Our dreams are not subject to a doctor's report. Our dreams are not subject to anything else than it is written. Said this the other week. I want to be a this is that generation. For generations, it was a dream. It was a dream that God would pour out his spirit. And people were praying for it and believing for it. Peter stood up and said, here it is. Here it is. And I know that was the timing of God. And a lot of things come down to the timing of God. And next week as we close, I want to talk about the seasons of God. Seasons when you sow in tears and seasons when you reap in joy. But even when you're sowing in tears, dream. Dream. Look at someone and say, dream. This is an ideal opportunity for us to all sing to one another. Dream. Dream, 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 dream. Dream the impossible dream. Whoever wrote that was anointed with some anointing oil. Dream the impossible dream. Get faith going again. It's a spirit. It's not a personality. It's the spirit of faith that we have. That we walk by and speak by and live by and move mountains with. The spirit of faith fulfills the dreams that God puts on the inside. We don't just dream and sit back. No, we put our faith to work. And we move some mountains. Ah, oh, but the mountain's too big. Yeah, your faith is bigger. 
It's the same faith that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same faith that said, that which I have, I give. It's not your faith, it's the faith of God that sits on the inside of you. And that faith is undefeated, indestructible, unquenchable. It's, un, it's unconquerable. The faith of Almighty God, the spirit of faith, is the tool by which we live our lives. It fulfills dreams. It causes the Word of God to come to pass. Put your faith to work in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet today, shall we? Come on, let's give God some praise in this house. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, praise Him by faith today. That there are dreams in your spirit. There are dreams in your future. There are fulfilled dreams for your marriage. There are fulfilled dreams for your kids. There are fulfilled dreams for your business. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today that you're a God of dreams. You fulfill dreams. You give us the desires of our hearts. Lord, you gave so many people in your book, in your, in your book, dreams. Abram and Isaac. You gave dreams to Joseph. You gave dreams to Daniel. You gave dreams to Isaiah. You gave incredible dreams to the blind man in Mark 10. When he heard you were there, he started dreaming. He threw aside his begging cloak started to dream of seeing because you were walking by and we thank you Lord that today you're here you're in this place to bring some dreams in and to cause some dreams to come to pass Lord we take captive all the thoughts that says no it can't I'm too old I don't have the education. I haven't got the money. It's been too long. I don't know about you, but my dreams just seem to take a long time to come to pass. That's fine. We stand and having done all to stand, stand. Father, we thank you today that you are the God of dreams. Father, I do pray for us such a release of pictures, images. No wonder the enemy has got us Lord, by the collar so often because we live in a world that is bombarded with images. We close our eyes, we see Netflix. We close our eyes, we see some billboard. We close our eyes, we see some, some stabbing that's gone on. We close our eyes, we see porn. We close our eyes, Lord, we see all sorts of stuff because this world is an image-laden world. Father, today we set our eyes and our minds on the images of our God. In Jesus' name. Just lay hands on your head. We're just doing this as a, just as something. I know you, you think in your brain, you think in your heart, but come on. We lay hands on ourselves in Jesus' name. We take captive every thought. 
We declare we have the mind of Christ. Let's all declare this. I have the mind of Christ. I think on things that are pure and lovely and holy and full of peace and full of joy. The thoughts of God. I'm filled with His Spirit to think the thoughts of God. I read His Word, which gives me the thoughts of God. I have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. I receive dreams. I receive pictures. I receive the Word of God. And in Jesus' name, the dreams I have will be fulfilled and come to pass in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And right now with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you're here today and you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, either perhaps you've never given your life to Christ and you know being a Christian is not about going to church it involves going to church but it's really about a relationship with almighty God the creator God he's not one of many gods he's the only one and Jesus Christ is the only way the only truth and the only life every other religion We love people, we honour people, people with a heart for God, trying to find out a way to eternal life and work themselves out. But Jesus Christ came and said, hey, there's only one way to the Father and that is to be born again, to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. So if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, perhaps This is the first time you've ever been in church or perhaps you say, you know what, I'm a Christian but I'm not living like one. Whoever you are here today, perhaps you need to respond to this message and say, Jesus, come into my life. Come on, I want to know this is real. I want this to be true for me. For me, that was October the 8th, 1984. But for you, perhaps this is your day. You're not here by accident. God loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He is good all the time. When we face challenges, we face them with God and He helps us to move the mountains and get through them and He prepares a table, the Bible says, before us of good things right in the middle of the circumstances. Come on, God is good and He loves you so very, very much. But He says, you know what? I created you for relationship. I want you in my family. And if you're here today and you need to receive Jesus as Lord with every eye closed and every head bowed, this is your opportunity. I don't know if you'll ever get another one. I don't know, but you're here today and this is your opportunity and I'm going to ask you to do one thing if you want to say, yep, Pastor Jay, would you pray for me? And that is to lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please. To receive Jesus as your Lord, to say, yep, I want to know. God bless you. Awesome. 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 Thank you. Yes, once I've seen you, you can put your hand down. That's great. Anybody else here today? Come on. People in this auditorium, don't leave here without getting right with God come on there's other people here today thank you Jesus wonderful we're all going to pray a prayer right now let's all say this and perhaps this is the first time for you or perhaps like me you prayed this thousands of times let's say Heavenly Father thank you that you love me you've demonstrated your love by sending your son Jesus to die on the cross to give me life thank you Jesus 
I receive you today as my Lord, my Saviour, and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life. I'm now a Christian in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give him some praise today, shall we? Thank you.